Welcome to the Game Raven Review Podcast. We are a collective of content creators, writers, and indie enthusiasts whose mission is to introduce gamers to hidden gems in the indie world. I am your host, Sam, and I am joined as I am every week by some very talented individuals as we discuss the world of indie games. And in today's episode, we're going to be talking about chronic illness and the, its connection to games. But before we get into any of that, let me introduce who I have with me this week. As always, or mostly all time, is Puppet, who is our editor-in-chief. Puppet, how are you? I'm here. I'm good. I'm good. My cats are very curious about my new setup, so if I disappear for a second, that's why. Hopefully they don't chew on any of the cables. Yeah. We'll see. And making their podcast debut, I believe, Autumn. Autumn, is this your first time here? I think so. I'm usually in chat, so... Hey, hi. Autumn, I'm very glad to have you on the podcast this week. Again, this is Autumn, who is, quote-unquote, just here, as she put in our our outline. And Autumn, I am glad that you are here. Thanks for having me. It's it's definitely a different side of Game Raven. I'm very appreciative, and I'm glad to be here. I'm glad you're glad. And also hey i am glad i'm glad you all are glad that you're glad i'm glad that you're glad that we're glad that she's glad there we go see that's how we get i'm just here (laughs) we also have kelsey who is a contributing writer to game raven kelsey how are you i am doing good Uh, i'm also excited to be here and talk about chronic illness i'm also glad that you are here as well kelsey And thank you all for joining us here through the podcast and through our live stream. And we'll be right back to what we've been playing. See you there. game raven review podcast with our segment what we've been playing where we discuss what we've been playing for the last week or so i have been playing the game called sleep as you may have noticed with the past few podcasts and that's kind of only thing i have been playing as of late so i will turn it over to puppet puppet what have you been playing well um i had another busy week um i just got a new pc which is very exciting um and i'm really looking forward to playing a lot of uh games that i couldn't before on my little laptop however i did not have time to play a whole lot um i have been playing um ikai which is a uh an indie game it's a psychological horror based in feudal japan and it's real good um, basically, you're a uh, a girl who uh, works at a shrine, and everyone has disappeared, and you're just minding your business, doing laundry, and then suddenly all these like demons show up, and so you have to figure out how to um, keep them away from the shrine. And it is very spoopy, and we love it. Um, I've also been playing um, my Pokemon Cafe Remix. I just hit the 600th order which is great um and also some super smash brothers i got to play super smash with um some of the gang from 
the Seattle Indies um, meetup, and that was really, really fun. Um, it's always, it's so different playing Super Smash Brothers with, uh, like, different people who you don't know, like strangers. It It's like this odd, unspoken rule of all gamers that, like, oh, there's Smash, we all play together. Like, we all kind of know what that game is and how it works. Okay. And uh, it's fun to... I don't know. Getting to know somebody for the first time through a game like that is is uh, super fun. So, um, yeah, I got to I got to play some Super Smash Brothers with strangers. So that was my week. Nice. I just with was it Ikai? What is it? Ikai. Yeah. Ikai. I just I just wonder like at what point of my job is it for me just to say you know what you demons can have this I'm I'm gonna go home. Hmm. Right. Like, I gotta, I gotta fight off demons now. Like not over my nine to five. I gotta fight otherworldly beings, mm-hmm. man. Yeah. And, uh, and that's what I love about Japan. It's just like, yeah, this is part of the job. Like you know, I clean to make sure you know people get to do their prayers or whatever. Also fighting demons. <laughs> also, why not? <laughs> yes, I hope they, uh, they at least it. have a union or something. I don't know. Good health care. <laughs> you would think. You would hope. You know, yeah, something. But that I love that about just a lot of their games. Just like it just happens. Like yeah, mm-hmm. fighting the other deities here. Kelsey, what have you been playing? Yeah, um, I've finally gotten around to Ghost of Tsushima. For those who don't know, it was a game that was nominated for Game of the Year in 2020. But basically, you are a samurai um, on the island of Tsushima, fighting Mongols and trying to win back your home. Um, I'm also playing Witchwood, which is an indie game. I'm not too far in it, but it's like, so far it reminds me of Stardew Valley, but you're a witch who's lost their memory and you have to collect items to give to this goat who is very sassy. Um, So far the writing is very funny and I'm enjoying it. And Animal Crossing, because I have not stopped playing since it came out. Every day I check on my island and I do my little tasks and yep, those are the games I'm playing. I love Witchwood. I'm so happy that you're playing it. I love that game. Oh my gosh. The beginning is so funny with the goat and uh, yes. <laughs> it's, it's just hilarious and it's so cute and so cozy. It's great. Yeah, it is. I love the art. And Autumn, what have you been playing? Uh, I have been playing Lemon Cake. I ended up streaming it for Game Raven on Friday. It's my first uh one here i love lemon cake it's actually like one of my go-to games even though i get frustrated um i've been playing cats and soup which is a mobile game it's not really i've seen a lot of ads for it but it's kind of like a lowered like chill game i get to play it offline and i use it at work because i don't get reception and uh my boyfriend and I have been playing Halo lately, and we've been trying to, like, finish all of them, and we've been doing multiplayer, and I've kind of been obsessed. And then my obvious go-to is Sims 4 that I've been playing, so I've been on the, the game grind, and Sims 4 has taken over my life, so yeah. <laughs> are, you, are you guys big Halo fans? He really wasn't, but it's multiplayer, so he was like, let's have you finally do all of the games. So we went from the one he thought I would love the most, then we went backwards. So now we're on three and we just have to finish four soon. Yeah. 
you get to watch the TV show that everybody loves and has no complaints <laughs> about. I, I, I've heard some stuff already and I'm prepared. <laughs> well, hey, thank you all for sharing the games you've been playing. And we'll be right back with our question of the week. the game raven review podcast with our segment question of the week now every day in our discord again go to gameraven.com and you'll see a link to our discord right there we post a question whether it be which link is your favorite which gaming console is your favorite we can see where again our discord members minds are at and so every week we pull one of those questions out and put it into the podcast question I pulled for this week is going to be what console startup has the best sound? Uh, let's see. Puppet, let's start with you. What what console do you believe has the best sound? Wait, hold on just a minute. I thought I had an answer, but I can't I, I'm I'm making sure that I'm not having some like uh fever dream of <laughs> the sound that I'm thinking of. So um uh, um skip like me. Go, go. Yes, right. Yeah. Can I go last, please? Okay. Sure, sure, sure. So I guess me and Kels will talk about PlayStation 1 and why it's the best, um, because it is. Um, yep. That is the first console that I bought with my own money as a child. I remember playing Street Fighter Alpha and being really, really bad at it. But just having that sound, which I, I don't know how they make them. Like, again, it's like, who do you pay for that? But whoever it does needs more money. What whoever did it needs more money. Because that to me is like one of the iconic like boot up sounds. Like you play that everyone kind of knows. Oh yeah, that's the PS1 startup. And mm -hmm. now it's just sad that PlayStation 5 just has silence. Just <laughs> we're here, play your game on a console you maybe be are able to buy, maybe not. Just sit with your thoughts. Your thoughts and your <laughs> your teraflops, but no, I think PlayStation, PS One, PS Two, even PS Three, like they all had a sound. But for me, PS One is like the best sound. Yeah, for sure. I actually didn't have a PS One when I was growing up, but my neighbor did, so I'd go over there a lot, and I just loved that sound so much. And it just reminds me of my childhood and hanging out with friends and um, learning about video games, pretty much. Oh, good times. Good times. I wish they would bring it back. PlayStation 6, bring it, bring back a sound. Like, I know that, that that's not priority at Sony, but please. It's like a little sound or something I can download, make a sound. That would be great. Small things. Small things. Uh, Autumn, what is your favorite boot-up sound? Mine's the Samsung or Android startup sound. I had to refresh my memory. It just, it, I forget what it sounds like now, but when I toured in Ireland with my chorus, I kept having to turn my phone on and off because to save battery, to take pictures. And my choir director ended up making me like do the notes and try to like figure it out by ear. So that's why I love it. Cause it like has a specific memory, not that like, 
it like sounds good because obviously like it's just a little jingle, but it hits home and that's why I picked it as my favorite. So yeah. I know it's not gaming, but like life. <laughs> Counts. I honestly have never had a Samsung device, so it's one of those like I didn't know it had a boot up sound. Yeah, uh, I wish I had one of my like old phones. I could find it and post it in uh, Discord, if anything. But I seriously love it. It's one of my favorite things in the world. Thank you all for your answers. And if you would like to answer the same question or questions like it, again, please join our Discord. Again, GameRavenReview.com. Link to our Discord will be right there for you. And we'll be right back with our main segment of this podcast. See you there. to the game raven review podcast with our main segment and as i mentioned earlier today we're going to be talking about chronic illness um and so we're going to be going around asking different questions as we usually do um at any point if anyone here does not want to answer that question feel free to say i don't want to answer that question i again safe spaces here there is no i'm never going to force anything on anyone it's just weird it's like, you have to answer this question. Do it now. It's like, no, if you want time to think about it, say so. I'm going to go around, tell us about yourself. And if you are comfortable, of course, tell us a little bit about your experience with chronic illness as well. Um, Kelsey, do you mind if I start with you? Oh, that's fine. Um, well, I have a chronic illness, and it's a uncurable esophagus disease called achalasia. Um I was diagnosed with it when I was 17, and it has been a pretty much lifelong uh, thing. But I am very happy and open to answer questions about it. In fact, I'd love to. It's pretty rare. Only one out of 100,000 people get this. Um, so, yeah, that that's about it in a nutshell. And going now to Autumn. Yeah, I have a bit of a, a list of chronic illnesses. Um, one that's affected my life is more my PCOS, which is polycystic ovarian syndrome. It affects the hormones, the mood, the really everything of anybody that owns ovaries. I have chronic cysts on my ovaries that cause a bit of, I guess, a domino effect that go into mental um, illnesses. And then... Um, I'm getting tested for Crohn's uh, or celiac, or uh, they've tried to diagnose me with IBS, which is another chronic illness that life affects the stomach. And then um, you could consider 
mental illnesses such as depression, anxiety, or PTSD as chronic illnesses. And if you do, um, hi, that's me. I'm a basket of just being here. <laughs> now going to Puppet. Puppet, again, introduce yourself as well. <laughs> hi, I'm Puppet Master N. In case you don't know, my name is also Emily. Um, but we don't call me that because there's a lot of Emily's. Um, do you see how I'm deflecting? <laughs> Sometimes when when uh, you struggle with chronic illness, it is hard to talk about. So I think that's why I'm kind of all over the place. Um, although I'm usually like that. Anyway, hi, um, I'm Emily and I live with idiopathic hypersomnia. Um, and it is a um, it's a rare sleeping disorder. It took me about four and a half years to get diagnosed. Um, it's oftentimes misdiagnosed as other things. Um, and I've been through a lot of sleep studies um, and finally landed on idiopathic hypersomnia, which is uh, currently incurable incur and is uh, chronic and gets kind of worse throughout your life. Um, and so um, I was officially diagnosed in 2020, I believe. Yes. Um, and it um, it affects me in a lot of ways, like um, my social life and my um, my work life. Um, basically, it is uh, it's where you every time you wake up, you feel like you've been up for days. And it doesn't matter how much sleep you get, like you're always um, if you've ever stayed up for more than 24 hours, like that's my baseline. Um, and you get a lot of like sleep drunkenness um, and brain fog and um, your brain is just always trying to go to sleep all the time. And um, they don't actually know like a whole lot about it. They've kind of like figured out where in the brain Um the issue stems from and they've also found it's like a deficiency in in certain um uh parts of your dna and whatever i don't know a bunch of science stuff that i don't understand at all anyway i'm just left here being sleepy and um so yeah i i have struggled with that um since i was a teenager um and i have been to many doctors and a lot of them just look at you and say well it's time to adjust to a new normal. And I hate hearing that. So <laughs> um, if you've ever been there before, uh, I feel it. Um, so yeah, that's, uh, that's me. I, I, again, I don't, I don't really talk about it, but I'm trying to be better about talking about it because there are a lot of people in the world that have sleep disorders and there are a lot of wonderful organizations that are fighting for, um, uh, visibility of IH and uh, narcolepsy and um, others. So here I am. Thank you for letting me uh, chip in. <laughs> Thank you for sharing. Um, I'm also looking at a list of chronic illnesses, and I, I think I. I mm. Are you looking at the one from the health.ny.gov? I'm looking at several. <laughs> yeah, that's what I've been doing. They consider tobacco use as a chronic illness. Or chronic disease now? I'm also seeing tobacco use as one of those, which I guess alcoholism will probably be one then too. Mm. Some disagree. But I'm also seeing diabetes here and depression, which I'm like, oh. Mm -hmm. oh. Mm -hmm. Those are things that kind of are in my lane. Mm -hmm. um, 
Hmm. It's not about me today, though. <laughs> moving along. Hey, it can you, be, Sam. You, this you is a safe space. Along. Um, Excuse you. Stop invalidating yourself. I do that every day. I do that every day. Yeah, we um, gotta change that. Oh man. So with again, us talking about chronic illness, I just want to also kind of go into how does that affect your daily life, right? Because again, some people who again don't have it or maybe have different things wouldn't fully know how that affects you. So if you are comfortable, once again, I like to go around to kind of just give a small or big, however you want to, how much ever you want to give, on how does your condition affect how your daily life goes. Question, are we considering mental illness a chronic illness? What I was going to ask, too. I would consider it one. I think so. Because technically, it's it it is according to like official like CDC governments and stuff. It's considered a chronic illness, but at what point do we intertwine chronic illness and mental illness? Mm. We had a podcast uh, before, and I want to have it again specifically on mental illness and gaming, um, just because <clears throat> both of these topics are so. Um, deep and um i don't want to not give enough space to one or the other uh but i don't want to exclude it you know like <clears throat> if you like yeah if it comes as a part of the conversation and that's how it affects your life and when you have chronic illness and you know mental illness like they they intertwine so we're talking about you right now um but when we talk about games in particular i think we're going to stick to chronic illness in the more like i don't want to say physical sense because mental illness is also physical um in the more traditional chronic illness uh bodily rather than mental <laughs> mm -hmm. do you see <laughs> does that make sense does that sound okay i think so i get what you're saying uh, we'll, we'll figure it out okay sounds good <laughs> We'll have a whole series of, of podcasts. Ooh. We should. We really should. So who would like to go first? I can go first. <laughs> Nobody else is on screen, so they right. can't see. <laughs> Kelsey! <laughs> yeah. Um, so impacting my daily life, right? Um, so with an esophagus disease... It's one of the largest organs in the body that, you know, directly contributes to getting things to your stomach and pulling things out if it needs to. Um, mine doesn't know how to function. It is constantly moving like a snake doing a dance. Um, so it is a constant feeling um, and it is painful, though I don't notice it much anymore. Uh, but eating is very uncomfortable, which is unfortunate because that's my one joy in life really is eating. Um and so that contributes to how I go about my daily life, especially when I'm out at restaurants. I need to drink like gallons of water to just get through one meal. And that's not always accommodated to because, you know, servers are always busy filling, filling up water cups kind of gets ignored, which I understand. Um, as far as like any other part of my life, like I have adjusted to it, but um, with most chronic illnesses, there are flare ups which for me involves just throwing up stomach acid and it can last for hours sometimes. Um, 
to the point where it's just like I can't I can't eat after that and I can't really drink anything so my esophagus is in um emergency like mode it's like I don't know what's happening so everything is going um so I feel like I'm rambling now but <laughs> that's basically the gist of it is that a main function of survival is eating and I don't do it very well uh and that's you know, will impact me every hour of every day or the rest of my being. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. Anyone else? I guess mine, I, I feel like mine's not as severe where it affects my eating, even though it, it has. Um, with PCOS, um, it, it's a domino effect. So when I was growing up, I got um, menstruation at like an early age to the point where I would keel over and not be able to stay in school a lot. Um, it started getting really bad because it would affect everything else. So excessive hair growth, losing hair on the top of my head, having to be on medication um, for both pain and trying to control it. So every time I would you know, do the girly thing, I would grow cysts and potentially could go into ruptured cysts or I had blood cysts as I was growing up and it causes weight gain, which physically, like I can't lose a lot of weight and not a lot of people like realize that a, and something that prevents you from losing weight could also hinder you and mentally, physically and get judged constantly for it. And because of that, I've had bad knees, bad hips because of all the weight. And it, it like snowballs to the point where I now after getting in a car accident, like it's it's been difficult because I can't lose the weight easily because of my condition. And I try to downplay it, which if you have it, too, you know, like it's pain, but like on a daily basis like I can't feel certain things anymore because I can't get this weight off and then it comes with mental stuff too where I have severe anxiety and severe depression to the point where I like streaming and I like sitting at my desk a lot because I don't have to move on it to change places otherwise my brain goes in crazy so it's it's the major thing and then uh there's studies upon if um, it's tied to stomach issues and I'm at this point where it's like, I, I'm just here. That's the fact that I just say I'm here because if I didn't have this, I wouldn't have everything else go weird in my life because it would be like controlled. So it does as much as it's like sometimes cosmetic, people don't realize it affects you in a different way. And doctors don't know, like how to control it, what happens. It's kind of very closely tied with endometriosis and having it, like you try to like downplay it. You try not to tell anybody, but it could cause you to potentially uh, turn into a dark place because you, it affects everything else in your life. So um, yeah, sorry. I try not to talk about it, but you know, it's just, I'm just here. We're here to talk about it as long as you want to. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I'm here to sleep. I also like to sleep. Oh, man. Um, again, 
Puppet, would you also like to go or no? Um, sure. Yeah, I I kind of mentioned it before. Um, how it affects my life. Um, just constantly being in a state of needing to fall asleep. Um, I'm on medication on stimulants to keep me awake, and those only last about four hours. And so, um, during my day, I have energy, um, and then it 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 leaves. So, um, there and it can hit me like a wall. Um, I've been in in public before when I um basically have passed out and uh, that's really scary um so it is harder for me to to be in spaces where i'm not near <laughs> a safe space where i can fall asleep um it also makes it really hard for me to be in places alone um and uh <clears throat> yeah i um autumn i'm glad you brought up the uh how your chronic illness has played into your mental health because um i've definitely felt that in my life um i was diagnosed with um chronic depression at first um and uh it's really hard to decipher on your own and then also for doctors to figure out okay what is fatigue versus depression versus um uh sleepiness um and basically the difference is uh like um, with depression and fatigue, um, there's a lack of daily energy and um, you aren't um, you aren't interested in things that you used to be anymore. Nothing excites you anymore. Um, and also you can have um, sleeplessness. So like you're there, you're laying there and you're just like, I can't sleep, but I also have no energy to do anything. I'm also not interested in anything. So that's kind of what... Uh, depression and fatigue look like um but with um with hypersomnia that it is um if i stay still for too long i fall asleep like i could fall asleep like that like um one of the signs of having um hypersomnia is um you fall asleep a lot faster on average than than a normal person so it takes me about three minutes to fall asleep and start um my dream cycles so um and I, um, yeah, it, um, obviously having something like that, um, keeps me from, uh, my friends and my family and, uh, work too. Um, I've been in so many, I have found myself apologizing so much to people for not showing up to places, to having to cancel last minute. I have in the past lost um, some friends because um, they just felt I was too distant. And um, it's hard to explain what um, being sleepy all the time is like. And, you know, you get the answer of, well, well I mean, I'm tired too. And it's like, well, it's, it's a little bit different. Um, and... Uh, so that's probably been the hardest for me in my day to day life is um, uh, the isolation that uh, my chronic illness brings and having to explain um, and retain friends um, through it is really um, is really difficult because it's hard to balance, uh, you know, your your work life, your family life and your sleep and you know, your social life at the same time. It's just, it's impossible. I just can't do it. And it's, some people can't understand that. And it's um, really sad and hard. So there you go. That's me and hypersomnia. Thank you all for sharing. So again, going around as you feel comfortable, 
How do you feel video games impact your life and your illness? I can start with this one, too. If you'd like, yes. Okay. Um, I, uh, I have used video games before when um, I have felt um, like I was losing the battle with um, my sleepiness during the day. Um, some days my medication just doesn't work the same. Um, I, you know, I have to take this medication every four hours and, um, I can't take too much of it. I can't, um, you know, so when, when it starts to drop off some days, it's just, I'm more sleepy than others. And a way that I found to, uh, stay awake and stay active, um, without having to, um, expend a lot of like physical energy is just to sit and play like a farming sim or, um, like a chore simulator or something. Um, or even when, um, I'm around other people getting together to play games, um, has helped me stay awake. Um, and, uh, yeah, so that's kind of how I've used, um, gaming to, uh, to help just, yeah, just help encourage me to win the battle that I face every single day. <laughs> Thank you, Puppet. Would anyone else like to answer? With mine, a lot of it came when I was younger. Not so much now, um, because of like controlling effects and all that fun stuff. Um, when I was younger, it used to be to the point where I wouldn't be able to physically handle sitting down. Either um, this is going to get like things would happen where it would be extremely embarrassing. It would be. I wouldn't be able to, like, get up if you get what I'm saying. I don't want to be, like, so inappropriate about it. It's not that it's inappropriate. It's just something that you don't culturally talk about um, here. But because I couldn't handle the constant, like, flow, um, like, I would do video games, whether it be sitting down or to help the pain, which I found out through a long series of, like, just testing with it i would do like wii sports or ddr and i would get myself moving and it would help with less like stomach cramps or bloating or it would help with the hormones as well and as i started moving around and not having to be confined to a chair i would start having like you know regular hormones regular periods and eventually it started becoming more manageable and video games like keeping my brain busy off of that as well because when i was younger i was on antidepressants i was in a very dangerous place let's put it that way because of how much i was getting made fun of and getting like tortured because of something that i can't control uh, video games were completely my way to go. DDR got me the confidence to do things, you know, getting to do more of the physical stuff with like the Wii, which, you know, it's not that old, but I mean, I'm old. So it, it really like changed everything about how I dealt with, you know, the thing that's inside me that I hate so much. So, and the negative side of video games because i'm starting to get tested for um more of like the the gastro chronic illnesses because they haven't figured stuff out with me 
there's a lot of games that you still want to play that don't necessarily help with pausing things, whether it be older games. I think it was, there was a game that my boyfriend was playing. I think it's Mass Effect. It's something where you can't play, you can't pause it up until a certain point. So you have to wait till the cutscene's over. You have to wait till certain things, or if you're timed and you can't, necessarily be on a brb screen or multiplayer multiplayer sucks if like for me if i eat something if i have milk if i have gluten if i have stuff that has been affecting either my ibs or whatever weird stuff is with my stomach games necessarily haven't been the greatest to me because then i constantly have to go to the bathroom or i constantly have to stop because it's affecting my breathing my mental state and trying to figure that stuff out like i'll be on halo and video games won't help as well because i'm like great either i exit out of the game or i somewhat pause and potentially have the system go into sleep mode because you know the greatest thing happens and i lose progress or you know have to restart everything but yeah i'll shut up now <laughs> thank you for sharing that yeah Kelsey, would you like to go? Yeah. Um, I found video games to be a great comfort when, especially if I do have flare-ups or I'm in pain, they are a great distraction. Um, one of the reasons why I really drawn to choice-based games like Mass Effect or Dragon Age or Knights of the Old Republic even, um, especially when I was younger, is that um, I could make everything work out and people would believe me as the main character, which I did not have in my real life at the time. Um, so I, I think like being the hero and having the option to like help everyone um, is a great comfort. And also on another side of things, mobile gaming has been a gift because there are times where I just uh, live in the bathroom for a few hours because I'm throwing up so much, but I have my phone or I have my switch. If I'm feeling like I want my Game Boy, I can grab that too. Um, just to add to what Autumn was saying, there is that um, downside to some games that don't, you can't pause at certain points, especially during cutscenes, which with me, flare ups can happen in an instant. It's not something I can anticipate ever. Um, so even like with newer games where you can pause at any point, it that's like a great relief to know that I can still have that comfort, but, but if I need to go, I can go um, and not miss out on something that, you know, gives me my serotonin or dopamine or whichever one it is. <laughs> um, yeah, I, that's it. That's all I have to say. Thank you for sharing. I think we've all kind of touched on it with, with your answers, but I want to kind of get I guess, more specific on the games you guys like to play. Um, like, I, like the titles of games to kind of share with everyone else who, also might want to look into those games of when you are struggling, what games are you playing? I know we mentioned Animal Crossing a little bit, um, which again is a theme of this podcast because I think we all kind of like Animal Crossing to some degree. Because <laughs> um, again, it is, again, it's a cozy game. It's a game that you can just play whenever. And again, with a Switch, as mentioned, you can take that roughly wherever you need to go, unlike a PlayStation or an Xbox where need extra things or even a gaming laptop where you need to have that cord because if not 
you have maybe 20 minutes and that <laughs> laptop will be dead if you're trying to play a game with it. Um, so let's go around. What games do you guys, again, like to play? I guess I could go first. Um, only because it... I like playing Sims a lot. Um, because of the mods and because of the representation, I could place myself. I could finally feel represented in the game. Um, there's a lot of traits that are IBS or lactose intolerance or um, different ways of hormone control. I've been through a lot in order to try and like, you know, regulate my body. And in the Sims, you could do that. You could not have a girly thing. You could have birth control. You could have all of that. And the Sims really is my favorite game because of it. I could disassociate throughout the real world, go in there, and I finally have control over certain things because of cheat codes, because I can randomly get rid of, you know, my IBS for like three hours in the game. But I, it's seriously my favorite thing in the world. And then there's Animal Crossing, but that's because it gets your mind on certain things. And it's an obsession as I stare at my like 300 Amiibo cards, you know, like. You have a favorite Amiibo? Hold on, you guys talk and then I'll show you. Okay. <laughs> Anyone else like to share their favorite games? Yeah, I have to, I, I just want to piggyback a little bit on what Autumn said um, about the escapism. Like, I love Stardew Valley. Um, and Animal Crossing because um, I'm I'm able to do things that I can't in real life, um, and I'm able to get my chores done. I'm able to like <laughs> make money and have a job and like do things and feel like I'm contributing to society in a way that some days I just can't. I just I can't. I don't have you know the willpower to get out of bed, and I just I can't seem to you know, get my brain to not be so foggy and have to think about life and be a person. Um, I can just sit in, uh, you know, be in, in Stardew Valley and have a farm and feel productive when I physically can't in my actual life. Um, yeah. yeah, that's, uh, I relate with that a lot. I, I can uh, piggyback on the piggyback. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, I think a common trend is management and control in games when you don't have that necessarily in your real life. I also love The Sims and Stardew Valley and Animal Crossing and really any like city management game. I can just sit down and build build my little city and serve my little citizens. Um like in Roller Coaster Tycoon I like a lot. Those are games you can really hone in on and disassociate and no matter if you're having a good day or a bad day, uh they're just they're there to suck you in. And I think that's a good thing um, when you need it, especially. True. I think like the create a character or being able to, like you said, control what you can control in a video game, I think it's very important. That's why I kind of get mad at like games that give like a halfway effort on accessibility in a general sense, or just being able to create a character where you look at these characters and I'm going to yell about Madden here for a little bit <laughs> where like Madden's been using like the same faces for like a decade. Like people have literally made videos on these are the same skin tone and faces of my creative character because the idea that, Hey, 
like for me, for example, I hurt my knee in high school. I wanted to play sports. I liked sports. I hurt my knee real bad. And that then went away, right? Because it <laughs> got hit once. My knee went out. And I was like, all right, mm-hmm. cool, great. That wasn't for me, I guess, world. But to be able to still kind of relive that of like what could have been. And to, at this point now, a billion-dollar company who makes a billion dollars off microtransactions, by the way. Good job, Madden. Um, to just not have anything in the accessibility of changing of for kids who, again, got hurt and didn't weren't able to live out that dream. To just being able, like you said, to have that escapism of, you know, this is the fantasy that I want to have. I want to be able to build this team in Hawaii and have all the characters I want. I want to be able, I think there was, it was an old game I remember playing. I think it was called like, was it City Tycoon or something like that, where you could just literally build a city? Yeah. And you, you just can make the most ridiculous of things. And none of my cities thrived. All my cities died, which I think is probably why I liked it. It's like, yeah, <laughs> the highways make no sense. And they're mad at me. <laughs> Like, but I have that freedom to do that. I have that freedom to kind of do whatever I want. And that's why for me, like for gaming, that's what's important. To have that freedom to kind of do what I want. To have that, I have no restraints, no matter what I am physically, to do in this game. And when I see companies that are AAA, as we discussed last week, oh, or what AAA is or isn't, and it's like, you have all this money, but yet you don't do it while you have indie games that are just giving you all the access. And you're like, thank you. I appreciate the effort that this three-man team did. These one woman in a dungeon in her house <laughs> pushed out this game, and it's awesome. Like, I appreciate that so much, man. I wish there was more representation in bigger games. Like, it's amazing that there's these indie games and I give it all to them that they think of everything to put in, whether it be like serious things or how thankfully now like bigger movies are doing it where there is like a a bag or like there's some uh, the the colostomy bag. Like there's more representation on that and some indie games like go ham with it and I'm like, I love you. Like if and when your game gets bigger to the point of like national representation and like you're you're doing amazing, which we all strive for indie games to be like that. Like there's a potential that like you know some random kid that's growing up sees themselves in the game compared to like nowadays where you can barely get pronouns in a general game. You know what I mean? It's just. It's amazing what these, you know, three-man team, but not some random girl in a dungeon. You never call any place a dungeon. It's the creative process of just their 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 home. Damn. Otherwise, it just sounds interesting. <laughs> All right. I apologize. We are talking about your creative space, your office, office <laughs> that happens to be underneath your house. Also, here's... Uh, Celeste. So if uh, folks that are not able to see, it is Celeste, but it is the, I think it's the newer version. There's two different poses that she has, but it's shiny. It has like little like iridescent 
stuff on it. So that's my favorite Aww. out of all Very of fitting them. for her. Yes. And we talked a little bit about accessibility. So to everyone here, what does accessibility mean to you in the terms of gaming? I think we talked a little bit about pausing, um, being able to pause a game, hopefully at any moment kind of thing, even though a lot of games still don't do that, which is weird to me. I forgot what game I saw someone playing. It was just like you press the pause button, but it takes you to a menu, but things are still happening. And it's like, oh, well, that's not a pause button. Like, that's a look at my inventory button. What if I have to go do something? I guess I have to quit the game. There's there's a lot of games that do that. I think like Rust or Minecraft or I think Borderlands. Well, Borderlands is not the main menu, but it's your like HUD that you look at and you mm. can still get whacked in the butt while you're trying to just like change your gun or something. I just want to read the lore. Let me read the lore. Why am I still being attacked by things? No reading, only action. But I want to read the lore. Oh. Um, and also about accessibility. Even kind of past what we've talked about, um, there's a game that I liked, don't like anymore. Poppy's Playtime. Eh. But there's something about Chapter 2 where, one, it doesn't have mm. subtitles at all. Mm. Which I was like, oh, odd, because Chapter 1 had it. And Sometimes I would like even for me, I like having subtitles on because I sometimes it's hard to hear what a puppet may be saying or two. And then they also had the thing of like, hey, look at this document that is handwritten. Well, it's handwritten as if I wrote it and <laughs> my handwriting is trash. And so on a console, like I, I'm trying to like lean my body in to look at <laughs> At my monitor, and I'm like, I don't know what this says. Oh, I'm just gonna press like the A button to show, you know, the actual text of. No, there's no text to that. You you just have to struggle or go like I did, <laughs> go to the YouTube's and be like, please, someone who has better eyesight than me, can can you please tell me what this says? And it's like, oh, cool, great. Like to me, small things like that where. I think there's even an award at the game awards of like accessibility which small things like being able to have your hearing impaired see what is being said i think is important because there are people out there who are hearing impaired who can't who maybe love your game but now can't really play it because you can't hear what the instructions are or what is even being told to you in that game so Please, mob games, get better. Stop making NFTs and movie deals and put subtitles in your games, Stack Nabbit. I definitely agree. Like subtitles, um, being able to hear what's on the screen, what's on the main menu, what you're able to do. Um, different types of also visual cues could help, whether it be if you've seen how accessible Ratchet and Clank has been between different color combinations for anybody that's colorblind or color sensitive. Um, there's ones where if you are hard of seeing and unfortunately like things like certain colors mesh together, there could be black and white and just what you're supposed to do is color coded stuff like that could really go like outwards for so many people and really help because when I am 
in like my downfall of that month or, you know, two weeks, whatever my body decides to take over, like I will want to do a game, but my eyesight will start going and it's, or my body will start like, unfortunately not doing well. And I will start like disassociating in the middle of a game and having visual stuff helps as well. And especially with subtitles, it's sometimes I won't be able to start hearing things and yo, like having those subtitles and just turning the volume off, just having that quiet. So my body can relax is a godsend. And then same with not just like on the screen, like physically as well. Um, I wish there was more accessibility for all different controls. I wish it was more of like a, a huge thing instead of like, you know, just two sticks. Like what if people need and need something other than what they could use their hands? Like there's nothing with that. There's no mainstream. You have to find somebody on Etsy. You have to find something on Amazon for it, which is appalling because you're ex excluding out a whole entire portion of life. Like life has given you, you know, whether it be restrictions on your hands, on your legs, on your, your talk, like your speech, like we need that. We completely need that in gaming, in the gaming world in general. And thankfully, I went to MegaCon yesterday where there was an accessible kind of like little section. And they had thumb grips that were magnetic to help you stay on your console, on your game controller, which some people might need that. It might be a little bit more like it's not as dominant as like, say, foot pedals for a game that you could use only and program with your feet. You know, it's that small little thing that says, hey, like, you know, we see you. This is just our one step. We can do more. Yeah, accessibility to me um, means a, a couple things. It could be um, kind of like what Autumn was just talking about, like uh, physical accessibility or um, accommodating for, um, you know, every type of person, um, not just the neurotypical or the able-bodied. Um, and also accessibility to me also means um, uh, providing more space for everyone. Um, and what I mean by that is like in RPGs, um, allowing more options for people to express themselves. Role-playing games are role-playing games. And that means that each person um, will find themselves in that game differently. And um, when a game, to me, when I hear a game is accessible, I, I hear that in it is open to all and it is accessible to all. Um, you know, and accessibility could also mean a lot of other things um, having to do with price and also um, having to do with, um, uh, you know, being available and understandable to everyone in the world um uh gosh we had a, a podcast on um on this before um and i'm forgetting the term for it but basically it's uh it, it is how game devs make their games accessible and relatable to all people in the world uh and not just ex not just uh 
not just uh, people with English as a second language or um, different cultural ideals or whatever, um, but, you know, in all ways um, and, and just creating space for people. Um, that's kind of what accessibility means to me. Um, it's kind of layered. Um, I think specifically in my life, how I found um, games to be accessible has been, um, you know, when I have uh, the option to um, adjust how things look, um, I I get seasick if I play first person games and um, I have to adjust the settings to um, make it easier for me. Um, but I love indie horror and, and you all know that I love indie horror, but a lot of those games are first person games. And so it excludes me from them because I, you know, the head bob or, um, the, the way that your head moves is just, it, it just makes me sick. Um, I'm also really sensitive to flashing lights and, um, really, uh, overstimulation from a lot of lighting. Um, and so having the ability to adjust those down and, and to, um, you know, just make it more enjoyable and accessible to me uh, is is really important. Um, and I know I'm not, you know, the only person. Um, my uh, my husband works at Seattle Children's at the um, uh, Alyssa Burnett Center, and uh, they are a center for adults with autism and other um, developmental disabilities. And um, they're always talking about how um, games can become more accessible to those um, who are just, you know, uh, who aren't neuro neurotypical or able-bodied. Um, and there's a lot of really great ways that the that um, the industry is making strides. Um, and you know, I I hope that we can have an entire podcast on on that and and how it's um, how indie devs are are handling that and how uh, they might be doing it better than the AAAs or um, Autumn. I think you mentioned this before. It seems like in the indie dev community, like they just place more value on that. It feels like to me more value on that than than what I've seen in AAA games. Um, and so I would love to talk more about that uh, in, in another podcast um, when maybe Alex can come join us and maybe some people from the center. But um, anyway, there you go. That's kind of my answer to what accessibility means to me. Kelsey, anything to add? Um, not a lot. Uh, Autumn and Puppet did an amazing job expressing uh, my own feelings. <laughs> um, just, I guess the one thing I do want to add is along with, um supporting games being more accessible is also i guess calling out to triple a games when they do include characters or anyone that might be neurodivergent or anything making sure they are inviting people into the narrative room that do have um disabilities or um are not typical cuz i think often bigger companies will try to include things, but they get it wrong. Um, so I think just keeping up the support and maybe putting on the pressure that people of all types of backgrounds and all types of abilities are being invited to make those narratives as well. And more of a, not checking off a box because, hey, someone's going to get mad if I don't put that in there versus actually sitting down with a group or with people to say, okay, how would you do this? Like how how would you like to be represented in, in a game versus oh well 
let's uh yeah we checked that box yeah cool great so no one's gonna get too mad because hey we did it actually putting in an effort versus <laughs> just the you know qa we gotta have to i guess oh yeah thank you for sharing that will be the end of this podcast thank you all so much for tuning in to the game raven review podcast this week I've been your host, Sam, and you can find me on Twitter, Twitch, Facebook, and Instagram under Sam said it, DFW. Puppet, where can you be found? I am Puppet Master N, that's Puppet Master E-N, and I'm here on Twitch and Twitter and all the socials under that tag. Autumn, anything you would like to share for your socials? I have Moonlit Autumn on Twitch. <laughs> Moonlit Autumn underscore on Twitter and instagram and i'm just if you message me anywhere and and be like hey are you on this i'm probably on it kelsey how about you i am kelsey buckets on all socials so if you see a kelsey buckets it is me and as always you can find us also on twitter facebook instagram and now tiktok at game raven review you can also find us on Twitch, where we're our streamers will be giving you a different indie game seven days a week. You can also find us find well. You can also find even more incredible indies by visiting GameRavenReview.com. And if you would like again to join our Discord, a link will be there on GameRavenReview.com. Thank you again for listening. Thank you all for watching. Have a fantastic week. And until next time, goodbye. game.